0: Hello and welcome to this edition of the Ian Abernethy Podcast. You can watch videos and listen to other podcast episodes by visiting www.ianabernethy.com. So, without further ado, here's Ian Abernethy. Hello, uh, I'm Ian Abernethy and welcome to the podcast. Uh, This month we're going to be discussing context and the importance of context, but before we just get into that, just a a quick reminder to everyone about the World Combat Association. Uh, So for a long time now, people have been asking, you know, um, do you have an association we could affiliate to and want to be doing, you know, martial arts more along these kind of ways. And I've never had a group. I have a small dojo that I've taught at for 25 years, you know, 20 plus students, and we're just an insular, closed group, really. Uh, but all my travels around the world, you know, lots of people asking for something uh, along these lines. And within the, the, the Britain, of course, we've had the British Combat Association, which I've been a you know a key part of for quite a few years now. And that's been running for around 20 odd years. And it was the ideal home within Britain for practically minded martial artists. So uh, I had a discussion with Peter Considine, Ninth Dan, who's one of the joint chief instructors of the BCA, along with uh, Jeff uh, Thompson, of course. And uh, me and Peter decided to set up the World Combat Association um, so that's what we've done okay so that if, for those that are looking to join my group that is now my group um, and I'm really pleased with how it's going we've had people from all over the place uh, get involved we've had a couple of sy- syllabuses uh, already approved it's not about telling you um, what you should be teaching it's just you know giving you some guidelines of the kind of thing we think should be covered uh, and then approving them so that any grades you issue are WCA approved, and we've had uh, two of those done now, which is great. On uh, the WCA website, we've got uh, there's a video that I've just put up on there, exclusive to WCA members. Um, there's a few articles we've added on things like multiple opponents and um, yeah, verbal de-escalation skills and that kind of stuff. Um, so that's you know what we're going to be doing. Um, if you're interested in learning more about the WCA, whether you want to join as an individual or in, you know join as a group and get the syllabus approved and stuff, if you pop along to my website and click on the WCA uh, World Combat Association, you'll see the logos there. You can click on those. Um, or do a search at my website just type world combat association into the search bar and it'll bring up all the pages you can see a video you can download the brochures that kind of stuff or you can pop along to worldcombatassociation.com so uh, it's been a couple of months since I mentioned that, so I just wanted to remind uh, remind people uh, uh, people about it. It's often to a, a great start, and I think a lot of you will find it very valuable, especially if you like what we do and you want to do it you know, in a more in-depth, more serious way. That's something for you to look at. Okay, so the, the theme, as I just mentioned, for this month's podcast is context. Uh, and I've called it context, 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 because uh, I just feel that it's one of those things that broadly speaking just isn't appreciated you know in in the martial arts its, it's importance just isn't appreciated uh, i've had a few uh, online discussions and offline discussions with people and i just you just keep coming up against the same issue that people don't really appreciate the fundamental importance of, of context they, they either just don't get it or they try and diminish its importance and you just can't for me it's absolutely key it's something i'm very passionate about because without you get it wrong get context wrong you're not training efficiently you're not training effectively and it means martial arts aren't as much fun because you cut yourself off from all the other things that you could be doing um within it as well so um i, I just feel it's really really important so i thought right okay i'm going to do a podcasts specifically on this subject because we've talked about it a lot indirectly through a lot of podcasts but i just want to you know take the bull by the horns and let's talk about context and and all that goes with it and some of the um, spurious arguments that are sometimes made against its importance so so what i did was i just made a few simple notes uh i knocked on the mic and 35 minutes later i finished talking uh so it's about a 35 minute long rant find me on the importance of context so um despite that well maybe because of that fact you maybe like it when i rant i don't know but uh, i hope that you um you, you enjoy it i hope you find some value in it uh, i'm sure on this podcast most of you i'll be preaching to the converted i'm certain but i hope nevertheless some of the arguments i put forwards are, are useful to you when you have discussions with others because once you get context right everything else just flows from it which is uh, why i think it's it's so so important so Uh, Right, okay, I think that's enough from this introduction, I'll uh, hand you straight over to me and we'll discuss the importance of context. Okay, so this month we're going to discuss uh, context. Uh, now I personally, and I've said this before, I think the biggest problem we have in modern martial arts is that people just don't get the importance of context. Uh, and it's fundamental because everything else flows from that. And because it's not well understood, we have problems in the way that we train, uh, we have lots of misunderstandings developing. Uh, you can pick almost any internet debate on the martial arts you like and at some point you'll see that context isn't being understood properly. Uh, we just, just come up against it all the time. so. Like 2 years ago it was in January a couple of years ago I did the martial map uh, podcast like an audiobook and on that one I talked about the difference between fighting martial arts and self defense and how that people seeing those three things as being the same again was was a big problem and that's part of this this context uh, discussion so for those who haven't heard that and I would suggest you go back to that so but I just want to quickly recap on those key points so in broad terms, you have fighting, which is when you engage with another person uh, looking for the win. All right? now how, what that win is, is determined by the, the rules of the engagement, if you like. But, so we've got fighting, where you're looking for a win. You've got self-defense, where you're not necessarily looking for a win. Your aim is to keep yourself safe and your loved ones safe, your property safe from crime. That's what self-defense is. And then we've got martial arts, which is different. That's kind of cultural, historical, uh, self-development study through, through martial systems. So to give kind of a couple of examples, you know, self-defense is me putting good locks on my house. Uh, self-defense is me spotting a problem before it occurs and getting out of there. Uh, self-defense is me talking my way out of situations. It's punching the guy and running, you know, acting preemptively. None of that's fighting and none of that's martial arts. Uh, Martial arts is uh, the things I do that make me uh, feel good or to better myself. So when I'm doing kata on my own, on top of one of the local hills, early in the morning, I'm not thinking about fighting. I'm not thinking about self-defense. I'm just doing it because it makes me feel good. Uh, I like the way that my brain flows when I do kata and the way my body feels during and after. If I study some arcane piece of weaponry, um, good example. Let's go Scottish broadsword. So I, I've used a Scottish broadsword once, and that was at uh, Mark McYoung's Animal List barbecue. Right, where me and Rory Miller were mucking about with them. Rory knows what he's doing with them. I don't, and they were kind enough to take it through and I, take me through some key points, and I found that fascinating. I'm never going to enter a competition with a uh, Scottish broadsword. I'm never going to use a Scottish broadsword in self defence. It's just art. I'm just doing it because it interests me. Okay, so that's broadly, that's what martial arts is, right? So we've got fighting for a win, uh, keeping yourself safe from crime is self-defense, and the study of things for cultural and historical interest or self-development, that's martial arts. And they're not the same. We train for those things differently. They're all equally valid, though. And I think this is one of the problems when you discuss context is people feel that uh, you're getting at something when you point out it's not ideal. So when when people are doing classical... uh, weaponry you know it's quite legitimate i think to point out well you know learning to use uh, uh, katana is not useful for self-defense that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it learning to throw a spinning hook kick for competition it's not going to work in self-defense but again that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it because it's it's great in you know taekwondo competitions it's very useful and that brings us to the key theme of context so whether something is of value or not depends on the context in which you're operating and whether something works or not depends upon the context. So I've said this before too, those who've been to seminars, I'll, I'll say it a lot, is when people say, does something work or does it not work, that's a meaningless statement, unless you add for what? Does it work to achieve what? Because some things can work very well in one context and, and not in another. So, okay, so let's, let's kind of move this on and start talking about context specifically. So by context, it means the kind of situation that you're in. All right. so is it a sport uh, is it a grappling competition, an MMA competition a boxing match, a du- judo match um, is it real violence and if it is real violence are you restraining a prisoner are you uh, arresting a suspect uh, are you uh, escaping from a situation are you a paid bodyguard looking after somebody else they're all different okay? the, the context needs to be defined and if you don't define the context you're going to have a problem because the context will determine what a win is so that's the first thing that I think is really important that we grasp, is the context will define the win. right? The type of situation we find ourselves in will de- determine what is needed to do, to do uh, what we need to do to thrive in that situation. Okay, So we need to define what a win is. So if I was in um, a judo competition, my uh, win would be to hold the guy on his back for 30 or so seconds or to throw on land with that hip on. That would be my win. If it's a boxing match my aim would be to knock him out. If it's MMA my aim is to kinda of get the submission and knock him out. You know. If it's self defense my aim is to escape. If I'm protecting others my aim is to protect the other person that I'm looking after while doing uh, the most I can to make sure that I don't get harmed in the process. All right? So we need to define the win. now. So you're you clear on what the context is, and then you define the win. Uh, once you def- you know what's needed to win, you know what pool of techniques you will draw upon. So this is really important too. So uh, give an example, a, a, a friend of mine um, works within a, a police force, right? He, he helps train uh, officers, and they had got a guest judo instructor in to help them with their kind of gripping and grappling skills and again, great art judo, I've studied it, very, very effective. The first thing this judo guy taught to the officers was, okay, here's how to take a guy who's on his belly, and he's out to put him on his back. Now, the officers just looked at that blankly, because they want the exact opposite. Their context is different. they They want the guy face down so he can be handcuffed. So if he's already face down, there's your win. You've got it. You don't need to flip him onto his back. The judo guy needs him on his back, okay? Needs him on his back in order to win. So the context, whether you're arresting a suspect or you're competing in a judo match, defines the win. Is he face down? Is he face up? Once you've done that, you know what pool of techniques you're going to draw on. So uh, a police officer does not need to study techniques that will take a guy from his belly and pin him onto his back. He doesn't need those. In the same way that a judo player doesn't need techniques that'll take a guy from his back and put him on his belly, because if he's on his back, that's where the judo guy needs to teach uh, to keep to keep it. So that's important too because the context will define the win and what is needed to win will define what pool of techniques that you draw upon so within a given system it's entirely acceptable to miss techniques out or not practice them if they're not needed for what you're training for okay so that's important and we'll come to that a bit more in a minute all right so the context will define what pool of techniques we're going to draw on uh, but it's not just that either it's not just a change in the techniques It's also a way in which those techniques are applied. The tactics, if you like. And again, this is why it's so important. Because you can have really great technique, but if you've got poor tactics, you're still going to lose. If you're not aiming for the win and you're aiming for something else, you're going to have problems. So let's take an example. Uh, Punching. So uh, a a boxer has obviously got good punches. And in self-defense, physical self-defense, it helps to have good punches too. But, it's not, so that, but that doesn't mean they're the same. You know. Using boxing, boxing tactics in self-defense is, is, is foolhardy. It's got a problem. So if there's a gap between you in self-defense, you want to increase that gap. If there's a gap between you in boxing, you want to get in. You, want to, you need methods of closing the gap. Self-defense, you don't need those methods, right? You, you wouldn't look to close the gap while you punch. Uh, In boxing, you're probably going to be fighting one person. So the way that you move and the way that you're 0 on one person is perfect for for that context. In self-defense, you're probably going to be fighting more than one. So you can't fixate on one guy in the same way that you do in in a boxing bout. You need to be able to divide your attention. Uh, The second thing, of course, in in boxing is you'll get penalized if you refuse to engage, right? Uh, If you just run around the ring refusing to fight. But in self-defense-wise... That's exactly what we want, we don't want to engage We want to get away So the way that I would use punches in a boxing bout Is entirely different to the way I use them in self-defense You know, Where you'd you'd use uh, um, Deception um, A a, a verbal kind of uh, Cover if you like To hit preemptively and flee If the fight's already underway, again you'll be hitting while you move But you're trying to create space You're not trying to knock the guy out You're not trying to win the fight You're trying to get away from it, that's how you win uh, something that uh, Gichin Funakoshi said. He said, um, uh, he says, you know, I tell my students, it, it's 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 not about winning; it's about not losing." And I, from a self defense perspective, that's exactly right. Um, it's not about winning the fight or the street fight, whatever the hell one of those is. It's about m- making sure that you are not harmed. Okay, it's about not losing. Um, so the techniques change because the context has changed. There's also, I saw a really good video recently where it was, I forget which ones it was, but it was two of the, the, the Graces were talking about the difference between street jujitsu and sport jiu-jitsu. And I, I, you know, what they said was absolutely right. They gave the example of um, when punches are allowed. So they said that if, if they were doing sport jujitsu, the right thing to do would be to keep your arms in really tight and keep your neck covered. a bit, you know, Same as they're doing judo. So you can't get strangled, you can't get armbarred. But for self-defense, you do that, the guy's just going to pound you senseless. So you need to, in that one, push the guy away, try and create space, try and get back up. And the illustration they gave, they said, you know, note it's not just different, it's the opposite. The opposite of what was needed to win in sport, it's the exact opposite for self-defense. And let's be clear, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the techniques you use for sport. It's just that the context is different. Um, and, and this is also key because, you know, the change of context means what's needed to win changes, all right? So using the techniques for one context could be disastrous if you use them in another. So I'll, I'll give an example, which um, in the little image accompanying this podcast, this is the one that I'm, I'm going to use. and um, it's, it's from a, a book called the, the Fighters' Fact Book 2, which I uh, contributed a chapter to on um, sparring for self-defense and uh I'm in that I made the, the point you know, that you, you need to think about multiple opponents all right? Because that's part of the context of self-defense So to illustrate this, there was a photograph taken of me and one of my students uh, We're on the ground and I've got a um, uh, Sangaku on him Like a leg triangle, a triangle choke with my legs Which is a great technique, you know, I, I use that in, in grappling when I'm playing I use that in the judo, dojo, you know, great technique, works really well And then what we did is, I went outside laid down on the gravel, so again that wasn't particularly comfortable, um, took the, on the exact same technique and took a photograph of one of the other students stamping me in the face. Right? Because that strangle, which would win on a, with a one-on-one dojo fight, would be absolutely d- disastrous. It would be the worst thing I could possibly try and use when there's an, a third guy there. So I could be successfully strangling one and I get stamped flat. So for ground fighting for self-defense it's not about getting those locks and submissions on it's about getting up as fast as you can so you, you could make a case that for ground fighting self-defense you don't need the Sangaku Triangle you don't need it because you'll never use it you sh- sh- you, it's, it's a wrong tactic to use in that environment you should be trying to get to your feet now, now I mean knowing it means that you know, the, the million to one chance if someone does it to you you've got a better counter but again it's you know there's, there's, it's just it's such a that's the argument made but it's just such a remote possibility so um yeah changing the the context uh means that one thing that was successful um in one environment won't be successful in another and we see this confusion because I can say things I have said things like such and such doesn't work in self-defense and people hear such and such doesn't work No, it's not that it doesn't work, it's just not useful for a self-defense context. And to be clear, I mean, I train in all kinds of things that aren't useful for self-defense because they are useful for fighting, uh, and I like the way, I just like doing them. I just like it from a martial perspective. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, it's wrong to study those things or those techniques don't have value. They do have value within their context. Um, So, on other examples, weapons make a massive uh, change to things, or the potentiality of weapons. If I'm on a one-on-one fight in the dojo, uh, uh, where I know the other guy's are unarmed, I can close, I can clinch, I can deliberately take it to the ground, these things are great, they work fantastic. If I give that guy a weapon to play with, then closing, grabbing him, deliberately taking him to the ground are, are all disastrous things to do. Uh, because he can stab me repeatedly. A real simple drill to pr- prove that point... Is um, just do grappling training. Uh, put one glove on and tell the person that 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 hand they've got covered by the glove is a knife. So every time that hits the guy, you've effectively stabbed him, right? And just see, I mean, it's just it's impossible, um, or almost impossible, to avoid getting stabbed if you end up on a ground fight. So you're on the ground. The guy's on top of you, and he's allowed to kind of repeatedly get you with the hand. And we do those drills to build, bring home the idea that the context has changed. So um, you know if the guy's armed it's self-defense or he could be armed at self-defense you don't want to be using fighting tactics or methods Uh, multiple enemies as well as i've just mentioned change things massively because as we mentioned in the boxing example you can't fixate on one guy you just can't you need to spread your attention and you can't use one-on-one tactics in a self-defense situation and expect it to work because it just doesn't not that there's anything wrong with those tactics and you should study those kind of things Right. Okay. So, um, so again, this is the point. So, if it's, something's not needed to win within a given given context, then it's generally not needed. So, for example, if I was teaching uh, police officers for what they want to do, I wouldn't be teaching them uh, uh, ankle bars. I wouldn't be teaching them uh, head out roundhouse kicks. I wouldn't be teaching them advanced punching combinations because uh, um, none of this is needed for the environment in which they'll operate. So that that's important too, and. As a traditional Karatika, I'm aware that that has an impact on Kata because Kata uh, has things, things aren't included in, within Kata um, and this sometimes leads people to think it's deficient, but it's not. It's just the Kata was designed for civilian um, self-defense. It's like uh, Itosu uh, said in his 1908 letter karate is not intended to be used on a single adversary it is a method of avoiding injury by using the hands and feet should one by chance be confronted by a villain or ruffian so what he's saying there it's not for fighting a single adversary it's not for a one-on-one fight he's saying that it's a method of avoiding injury so you see he's not talking about winning it's a method of avoiding injury if one by chance is confronted by villains or ruffians so he's saying that the karate of his time the karate of the kata is not for a one-on-one duel. It's not for a square go. Now, modern karate has those things in it because we've added it too, but that's why they're not on kata. You don't see boxing-style footwork, that back-and-forth footwork, because it's not needed. Um, you don't see uh, you know, all kinds of like fancy escapes or um, advanced punching combinations. You don't see... It's the, the, the stuff that you need for civilian self-defense. And Motobu expressed this as well. Motobu said um, that the techniques of the kata have the limits. He said it They were never intended. The cutter was never intended to be used against a warrior or on a battlefield, or a, you know, an athlete in an arena. Um, he said the methods of cutter are, however, most effective against someone who has no idea of the defensive strategy being used against them. So what he's telling us there is, that cutter is not for a battlefield exchange. Okay, it's not for a sporting exchange, a one-on-one fight. Right? It's it's for self-defense. You know, it's for fighting non-karateka okay, civilians, villains and ruffians, to use Itosu's words, but I mean, I've lost count of the amount of people who read Motobu's statement and think he's saying that karate is somehow deficient, you know, uh, or kata's deficient, it's not deficient, it's just designed for something, it's designed for a specific thing, so therefore it focuses on the things that are most likely to be successful within that environment, so there's some some points, um, but to me, the importance of context is self-evident, it's vitally important, and yet it's just largely ignored, um, and in fact, sometimes people use arguments deliberately designed to say that context isn't important, so I mean, you've probably anyone listening to this will have came up across these at various points, but here's some, some ones that I've came up against recently, uh, which made me think about, you know, doing another podcast on the importance of context. So it's some kind of, well, I would say there were myths, all right, but you know, you see if you agree on that, but this was one I was, a conversation I was involved with where uh, a guy had said, he said, well, no, sporting martial arts are the best way to prepare for self-defense because in sport you have resistance, you know, you have, you have a, you're actually fighting a guy and therefore you have the resistance. You develop a higher level of skill. Now, there's a, there's a fault with that there, because I would say resistance is absolutely vital. But it should also have resistance in self-defence training. It should also be understood that the physical side of self-defence is the last resort. And there are many other skills which fall outside the remit of sport. So if you go to a sporting dojo, they won't be telling you what the law is regarding self-defense, they won't tell you how to deal with weapons, they won't tell you how to deal with multiple opponents. Uh, You will have resistance, but you'll have resistance in terms of a one-on-one conflict uh, where the win is determined by a given set of whatever rules you're fighting to. Uh, Obviously for self-defense training, the win is determined by escaping, um, not getting uh, physically harmed in the process, and not getting sent to prison as a result. So there's all kinds of these skills that you need that fall outside the remit of sport okay um and for self defense training, you should have resistance so in my own teaching, we have drills where people have to escape from multiple opponents where they have to protect others where the um someone will try and hold them down they've got to try and wrestle their way back to the feet and escape we do self defense based scenarios with with actual physical resistance so uh, having resistance isn't the sole preserve of sport. Now again, you know the danger with this is, and I hope no one listening to this is thinking this. I'm not saying self defence good, sport bad. I'm just saying they are different. It is the context. I- I've, you know, I've done sporting martial arts and I've, I've enjoyed them greatly. You know, I've competed in the karate, in the judo, and it was fun. Um, not really where my heart is, but I've still, I've still done those things, and I have enjoyed them when I've done them. But they are different. And I, believe, I don't believe this idea that you have to do one or the other. I don't believe that's true. I, I know of groups who are very successful in sport and very successful when it comes to learning to defend themselves, very efficient at doing it. You can do both. It just becomes even more important if you're doing both to define the context. And in my own dojo, as I said, I do fighting skills, footwork skills, fainting skills, all that kind of stuff. But we acknowledge this is for dueling with one another. It's not for actual um, uh, self-defence. So, so this idea that sport's the best way to train for self-defence, I, I don't ag- agree with that. Um, because there's things that fall outside the remit of sport that are very, very important, um, that are vital for self-defence. And you know, if the argument is based on resistance, well, I've got some level of agreement with you there, but the self-defence training should have resistance, and the way you conduct your self-defence training is towards the win that is needed for self-defence. So Here's another one I've had, you know, is um, people sometimes trying to to justify how sport training is the ultimate, and there is no ultimate, it's all dependent on context. I've had people saying, look, are you really saying that elite athlete X is not able to defend themselves? Now, my counter to that proposition is, well, are you really saying training like an elite UFC competitor, for example, is the most efficient way to prepare everyday people for self-defense? And I'd say it's not, alright? So, that that elite competitor, obviously, great fighter, will be able to defend themselves physically, no problem, okay? Um, Just because, but they're they're, they're the exception, they're not the rule. That doesn't mean training like an elite uh, competitor does is the right way for the 15-year-old girl to train her self-defense skills. It's just two different contexts. There's also, there's loads of skills and attributes a competitive fighter needs that there's no need for in self-defense. So why waste time training on them, right? Self-defense-wise, learning to get out of ankle locks is not a big priority. You know, um, uh, learning to pass guard is not, you know, is, 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 you know, in in a kind of, Competitive way, escaping from someone having the legs wrapped around your waist, maybe, but you know, not in the way that it's done in kind of sport. There's different ways to, uh, to do it. Learning how to throw a head out roundhouse kick is needed for competitive karate or competitive uh, MMA or competitive taekwondo, but it's not needed for self defense. There's, there's simpler ways to do it, so why waste time training it? Why worse tame on, uh, on feints or drawing techniques? All those things that you'll use for a stand up square go. When that's not what we're doing now another thing is you know that elite athlete you know obviously good fighter but they may also not have the basic skills needed for self-defense surprisingly right because remember self-defense isn't just about fighting they might not have verbal de-escalation skills they might have no knowledge of the law uh, they'll need practice at giving statements after they've defended themselves. They might know nothing about home security. They'll know nothing about the nature of abusive relationships, crime statistics, and all kinds of stuff. And why should they need those things? Because you don't need them to be a, you know, a, a prize-winning fighter. You don't need those things. So, as we said before, the context is different. Those things will be unimportant within that context, so they're not needed. They are, however, vital to the self-defense student. So um, when people say, "Are you really saying that you know elite athlete X can't defend themselves?" It's it's a straw man argument because we should concentrate on the methods that are directly relevant to the masses, as opposed to methods that are indirectly applicable for the elite. Okay. Another one, of course, which comes up a lot, it's probably the one I discuss most often, is that, that this idea of the um, the untrained fighter. And I'll define that. See, untrained means he hasn't been trained within a given set of skills. So the criminal you're facing may not be it may not be a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or a black belt in Karate or a um, a skilled uh, amateur boxer. So I mean, he's untrained in those things. What he is trained is is the kind of the the methodology of crime. He's an expert in that. It's what he does full time, right? So the common point that comes up is you know, uh, well, a good sports fighter will have no problem dealing with a criminal. Right, with a, with an untrained, in air quotes, person. Now, that's wrong, because what they're doing there is they're comparing uh, performance in one context with performance in another. Right? The career criminal isn't looking for a fight, and they're very good at just avoiding that. They'll often work in groups, and they'll use deception and surprise. Um, if you fail to know how criminals operate, you could be a, you know, a victim of a situation before you've even got a chance to use your physical skills. So when people say, you know, a good sports fighter will have no problem dealing with criminals, what they're envisioning is a square go. that In their minds, they're seeing a fight, okay? But that's not the way it works. The, the criminal isn't looking for, for a fight. What they're doing is, and this is really common, this, right? Uh, if people don't have an understanding of other contexts, that can sometimes be, co- be because all their experience is in one context. So they can't extrapolate that things may be different. So uh, you get a guy who's trained karate and a guy—the same guy who's also trained in judo. He understands that what wins his karate bouts isn't what wins his judo bouts, right? But the guy who's only ever trained in karate knows what su- uh, say sport karate—it knows what's successful within that context, and he wrongly thinks that it's not that will be the same thing will be successful in all other contexts. You see. So sometimes you get people who's only experience they have no experience or understanding of criminal violence. What well, all they understand is the square go on the fight. So they judge everything from that perspective. So um, now, as I've said, you know, it, 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 physically, if it does end up in a square go, um, you know, your elite good fighters, that that's that's fine. They're in their way, but that's not the way it works. The guy who kind of goes to shake your hand and stabs you in the back with the other hand, he's not looking for a fight the guy who works as part of a team where one will kind of distract and confuse while the other one takes you out again they're not looking for a square fight so it is true that you know the, the skilled fighter will defeat the criminal in a fight, but the criminal will perform better in their environment and people sometimes get upset by that but that's, to me it's obvious it's just as obvious as saying that a judoka, a judo player, will beat a boxer in a judo bout. Now, the judo guy, under judo rules, will beat the boxer. To me, that's obvious, right? And conversely, the boxer will beat the judo guy in a boxing match, right? It's no different to say the criminal in his environment will perform better than someone who's not ex- experienced in that environment. It's just, to me, it's, it's obvious, right? There are kind of, you know, three kind of common... Um, myths that, that that come up you know and it's not a slight either it's not a slight to say that a given method can be very effective in one context and either not ideal or ineffective in another um, there's no need to feel that something's been devalued by that fact it's, it's just it's a statement of fact um, you change the context and for the reason we've discussed what's changed uh, changes it changes what's needed to uh, to win okay so uh, the analogy that i use at seminars is i talk about the you know the hammer and the paintbrush so if i was to give you a a, a hammer and say uh oh, sorry a paintbrush and say go knock that nail in with that you know it's not going to work you can spend all day tapping away at the, the end of that nail with the the, the paintbrush and it's not going to go in now it's not that there's anything wrong with paintbrushes it's just you're using it for the wrong thing if you want to spread paint on the walls you don't use a hammer you use a paintbrush you know, so the, the the point is, you use the tools and the tactics that will get you the win, and what the win is will be determined by the context. And once we get past that, we can enjoy all the elements of the martial arts. You know, we can enjoy the fighting, we enjoy the sport. It's all good. It's all very very valuable. But when we start mixing and mashing it together, we have we have problems. Of course, there's that well known phrase as well, where you know, uh, if all you have is a hammer, then every problem's a nail. And I think that goes back to what I said earlier too. Uh, if Uh, People only understand one context, then they think of everything within that context. This is why you sometimes get guys who have that very uh, um, pseudo traditional uh, karate training. You know, where everything's, you know, defenses, you know, a million and one defenses against an oizuki, a lunging punch from you know ten feet away, Um, and it works because that's that's the rules of engagement. The guy throws a punch like that and he stands there. That's what he's told to do and then the, the karate does does their defense in a very prescribed way and they go it works I know it works I've done it 100 times it works But the fail to grasp is it works in that context right when you've got a compliant partner who's attacking in a set way as soon as you change the context it just doesn't work anymore right so we always need to be mindful of this context will define the win what defines the win defines the best techniques and tactics that we'll draw upon and then we need to train um, uh, train accordingly and again, I mean, I hope, I really hope, because you know I've mentioned this a lot and people do misunderstand it, but I hope what's coming across clear is I'm not saying one method or one approach or a system is better than any other. It's just a matter of always defining what the objective is, being clear on the techniques and tactics most likely to achieve that objective, and then training those techniques and tactics in the most efficient way possible. Not training for one thing in the hope of developing something else as a side side effect you know what jamie club calls the uh, the byproduct myth you know if you want to be good at self-defense train for it if you want to be good at fighting train for it if you want to be the next you know world champion boxer then train for it okay you know you wouldn't go into you know a judo dojo saying well you know i, I'm, I want to be an olympic wrestler you just don't do that because well there is some crossover the, the different disciplines you know you need to train for whatever you want to train for get the context right um so and if the context is not defined then we're bound to train inefficiently so it's not a good idea to train for one thing when you want to be good at at training for um uh, for something else so anyway i hope that kind of um discussion um and i filmed all this in one take by the way <laughs> no script whatsoever just all in one go so it's been a bit of a stream of consciousness again but I hope that all makes kind of sense as to where I'm I'm coming from but if I can just write out some key points okay, and then we'll bring it to a close it, it's you need context needs to be defined right from the off because if you don't define the context first everything else you do is going to be either wrong or inefficient so the context will define what the win is so we need to know what the context is how are we engaging what type of conflict are we talking about And then you know how to define the win. When you've defined what the win is within that context, that will define what methods are most likely to lead to victory. Give you you that win. It'll also tell you how those methods should be applied. Uh, Methods that are vital in one context can be completely irrelevant in another. So um, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. It just means it's changed. So for example, the judo guy needs throwing skills, the boxer doesn't. The boxer needs punching skills. The judo guy doesn't, okay? Uh, The self-defense practitioner needs verbal de-escalation skills. The elite-level competitor doesn't, all right? So it's a matter of defining the context and training on the things that you need and not feeling bad about the fact you're not covering everything because nobody does, okay? You train the things that are most relevant to the context that you are training for at that given point. And as we said, it is possible. I, I do it. I know lots of people who do it it is possible to train for more than one context you just need to be mindful of when you're doing it right? so, and we also we should concentrate on methods that are directly relevant for the, ma- the masses if someone comes to you to learn self-defense you say this is directly relevant and will work for you okay? as opposed to methods that are indirectly applicable for the elite So if someone comes to you to learn self-defense You teach them about crime statistics You teach them about the law You teach them about spotting crime You teach them about the dynamics of abusive relationships You teach them how to travel safe You teach them um, how to make sure that the home's secure All this kind of stuff Because that is what will be most You teach them a few physical escape skills you teach them the best ways to do that best ways to escape you don't say, well I'll tell you what I'm going to do I'm going to train you like an elite level sports competitor and by a byproduct you may develop some physical skills that are applicable you won't know the law or anything else along those kind of things but you will just focus solely on the physical and you might develop some skills for that indirectly and obviously you know that's a problem, it's a very inefficient way to train and yet we see it all the time um Okay, so we need to get used to thinking about the importance of context. You know, it's because it's, it's vital. Uh, and we need to view it as an inescapable fact. You know, co- the, the context defines all. That's, that's fact. It, it, you can't get away from that. It's, uh, uh, this is one of the few things that I believe isn't open to opinion. <laughs> it, ju- it just is. You know, it's just it's a fact. In, in, in the same way, you know, the, the vehicle that I choose to drive will, determine, uh, will be determined by the context right? It's, it's no good having a Ferrari if your aim is to kind of transport everything you own halfway across the country. It's, it's a wrong kind of vehicle for that, you know? It's no good kind of, again, having a sports car if you want to kind of plough a field. You need a tractor for that. It's the, the context that determines what you're going to be using, okay? And that's not a slight on other systems that are not relevant or, or methods or whatever. It's not a slight when things aren't relevant to a given context. Okay? They're just not. They can be very, very valuable in the, their own context. Um, and very valuable to to do you know in some ways you know we live in a a time where, in most places if you know if you 're living here in the u k it's it 's a relatively peaceful country, uh, probably one of the safest times in history to live you know certainly you go back a hundred years a thousand know, years it 's a lot safer now than it was um the self defense skills are arguably some the least important. You know, if you live a life where you keep yourself away from violence and crime, well, what you know, self-defense skills aren't that pressing. So the other side of it, you know, the the the, the social interaction with others, the physical fitness, the uh, the enjoyment, the self of self-esteem that come from the sport and the martial arts side, they can be said to be more valuable than the self-defense side of things. So for me I want to train it all but when I try and train it all I'm I'm mindful of the the context within with which I'm I'm operating. So yeah get used to the importance of context. View it as an inescapable fact and it's not a slight to say that things aren't relevant uh, to a um a given context. So I hope that's given you plenty to uh, to think about. Well, I hope you did uh, did enjoy that. It was all say off the cuff, just bar a few notes uh, to make sure I covered you know the key points that I wanted to. Uh, I, again, I hope that was of value. I said at the start, I have a feeling that most of the people who listen to this podcast will be on board with the importance of it. Um, so, nevertheless, I hope there's some kind of you know points I've made in there, or some arguments that you you find useful when you're having this discussion with other people. And there's not a lot really that I I, I, I really get. Dig my heels in on, you know. There's a I, I, there's lots of ways I think on, on things to be right. Some of it's just variations on opinion. I've, as I make a big point of starting all my seminars with. I'm not saying that the way I do things is the only way or the best way. I'm just saying it's my way. We we all need to have a way of approaching things that we believe in, um, that we feel will serve us best and serve our students best, you know. But I'm I, I'm open-minded enough to know that, you know, what I, what I do may not be what you do, and you may disagree with various elements of it and that's fine it's how it should be um but the, the context is one of those issues that i just feel that it can't it's fundamental it's one of these things that people have to understand so as i say i hope you find this um if you weren't convinced about its importance then maybe it, it's been helpful or um or maybe not and if you are someone who believes in the importance of context but you do have trouble explaining it to others i hope there's some kind of Um, arguments in there that you found useful because as I said, once we get that right once we define the context we can have, our self defence training will be super efficient, we will understand our practice, we'll understand why Cater is the way it is, we'll we'll understand um, what's needed for all the various things that we do and we can train things uh, without judging them by the standards of another, you know, so when i'm working on my footwork drills and back and forth and moving round and bobbing and weaving it's i'm doing it because it's the fighting side of it and i enjoy that and it's just it's fun and it's interesting but i know that that kind of stuff hasn't got any relevance to self-defense but that doesn't make it any less valuable um and as I said at the end, you know, I think sometimes some of the more valuable things have got nothing to do with self-defense, you know, but it's anyway, it's all a matter of defining the context and I hope that uh, the podcast was was useful in that. Right, and there's two quick final things to finish off with. One is uh, be sure to look at the brochure for the World Combat Association and my video explaining the World Combat Association, uh, which you can find on uh, my website and the WCA website as well and also to let you know that my books are soon to be available on kindle we've got two of the conversions done uh the guy who's doing it for us is working on the the other three so it shouldn't be too much longer because uh you know I, I i must admit i was a kindle skeptic i like books you know i've literally piled from floor to ceiling in this office uh I enjoy books so I wasn't that keen on the Kindle device as soon as I bought one you know just and I, the reason I got one is so I could see what my books looked like before they went out on Kindle um and i really like them I've, I've, I'm, I'm a convert so i, I want to get that done and of course you know with the kindle programs you can view them on ipads and everything else it's our way of making sure that the books are available uh, electronically so keep an eye out for that won't be that much longer so um thanks once again for listening into the podcast uh, thanks also you know i really appreciate the fact we get you know thousands of people listening to these we've got regular loyal listeners i am very very grateful for that i also I really appreciate uh, almost the evangelizing if you like for want of a better a word that people do for the podcast as well I, it's great that you tell tell people about them because you just see the list of numbers go up month on month on month and I, i'm very very grateful to all the support so i've said before there'd be no point in making them if people weren't listening to them so uh, and i do enjoy making them so so yeah all right okay that'll do for now i'll be back next month with a uh, another podcast uh, thanks once again and i'll speak to you soon yeah, take care bye bye